Good morning. Would you pray with me, please? Father, clearly we need your help to trust and obey. Thank you for the incredible example that your son was on the cross for us as he, in obedience, paid the price for our sin. And and we thank you that you have drawn us into your presence this morning. And Lord, I ask that you would keep us there as we hear from you this morning through your word. Father, that you would teach us what it is you want each one of us to learn this morning. We just commit this time to you. Ask that you lead us and guide us in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Glad that you are here this morning. If you don't know me, I am Bob Thomas. I'm the executive pastor. If you do know me, I'm sorry, it's as good as it gets. <laughs> Nothing's changed since last time I was here. Glad that, that you are here this morning. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 5. And if you don't have a Bible, there's one in the uh, back of the seat in front of you. And uh, I've done a little homework, and I will tell you that Luke chapter 5 is on page 728 of the Pew Bible. If you have your own Bible, I'm not going to tell you the page number. You've got to do that on your own, but please get to Luke chapter 5. We are going to talk this morning about trusting and obeying. And those two things, trust and obedience, really throughout Scripture are integral parts of a life that is pleasing to the Lord. They really form a foundation, if you will, for a life that is lived in a a manner that's pleasing to God, a life of growth, a life of maturity. And when I think of foundations, I always think of large buildings. And I think of the the mix of those buildings that's put together. Often it's concrete and steel that are made, they're, they're put together to make the foundation of those buildings. And the foundation is important because it really is necessary in order for the, the building to be able to withstand the forces of the wind and the storms that will come along so that that building can remain standing. In that same way, trusting and obeying are integral parts of our lives as believers if we want to have a growing, vibrant relationship with the Lord. A lot of times when I look for examples of, of trusting and obeying in Scripture, and there are, there are many of them, so many of them are, occur in, in sort of these life or death situations where, where the, the faith and the trust and the obedience is amazing, and, 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 and I'm glad that those examples are in there. But for me, sometimes I have a hard time relating to those examples because I don't see myself in that way and I'm not put in those life or death situations very often. But there's an example here in Luke chapter five that I think is, a, is an excellent example of what it's like to have to obey really in the everyday areas of our lives, in the midst of what is normal life. And so I want to read this example from Luke 5, starting in verse 1. love for you to follow along with me in your Bibles. It says this, excuse me, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. I will let you know that Simon is also called Peter throughout scripture. And he asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. 
When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. I want us to look at this passage specifically in light of trusting and obeying this morning. It may be that you've heard several sermons in your lifetime preached on this passage. I know that I have. There's much more to it. This is really where Jesus calls the disciples to leave everything for the, and follow him. It's clear that they knew who he was at this time. They knew he was a teacher. They, they really were his disciples already to some degree, but they hadn't left everything. He hadn't asked them to. But it's in this passage that he actually does ask them to do that later on. We, we won't have time to cover that all this morning. I want to look at this obedience and this trust that Peter put in the Lord. Clearly, Jesus, this is early in Jesus' ministry, but he was already pretty well known because there was a lot of people wanting to hear him teach. And that's why he wanted to go out a little ways into the water in a boat. Simply, his voice would reflect from the water. People would be able to hear him more effectively. And so that's why he goes to Peter's boat and, and asks Peter to put out a little way uh, from shore. You know, this, I believe, this opportunity for Peter Peter to obey is often how we have opportunities to obey. It's really in the middle of his day. It's the middle of a, of a work day. It's not a life or death situation. He, he basically is, is, is working. In fact, he's really clocked out for the day, if you will. He's done working. And it hasn't been a very good night. In fact, Peter says, we haven't caught a thing. He's tired. But Jesus says, could you, could you do this for me? And, and Peter allows Jesus to use the boat. He, he pushes away a little bit. You know, Peter could have said to, to, to the Lord, you know, I, I'm, I mean, I'm tired. I've had a long day. Could I not just, just rest a little bit? Or Peter might have said, you know, James and John's boat was there as well. He might have said, you know, theirs is a much nicer model. You'd be more comfortable in their boat. Why don't you take it? I mean, do you know anyone like that who says, man, that is a great idea. Let's get Frank to do it. Or Sally. Uh, I think sometimes we're all like that a little bit. You know, everyone, it, there's people, sometimes we think that's a great idea as long as I can have the idea and someone else can do it. But Peter didn't do that. Instead, Peter did as he was requested by the Lord. He obeyed the command and he pushed out a little. And Jesus is there in the boat and he, and he teaches. I think Peter wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. Again, he was already a follower of him. So he's sitting in the boat. Jesus teaches the people. We don't know how long he taught, but let's be honest, he was a preacher, so it wasn't 10 minutes. It was probably an hour. Wouldn't it be great? How many want to stay an hour? Okay, one of you could raise your hand just to, just to make me feel nice. Okay, now it's not worth it. <laughs> Two hands back there. Probably an hour or two. We don't know how long, but it was a little, a little time was spent. And Jesus is done now teaching. And I'm certain that Peter thought, you know, I was good. I'm glad that I was here. I, he, he's, he's an amazing teacher. I'm glad I got to hear that. Now, now I'm ready to go back in. I'm ready to, I'm ready to rest. And, and, and then Jesus says this, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Two things catch my attention about this command. First of all, fishing was normally done in the shallow part of the lake, and it was Almost, almost always done at night, or at least in low light conditions. 
It wasn't done in the daytime because really the fish could see the reflection and you don't catch fish during the day. Peter was aware of that. It, this, this command sort of went against the, the cultural norms, if you will. It wasn't something that was normal. Peter's experience was telling him, this really isn't that, that great of an idea. It, it was counterintuitive, if you will, to what he would have normally thought was the correct way to do things. The second thing that, that I notice about this command is, that, is the first one, you know, put out into the water, it was a little inconvenient. But the second one, this command to, to go fishing, it's a lot inconvenient. I mean, Peter, Peter's had a long day. And Peter knows that he needs to go home and rest because he needs to come back that night and fish again. It's not something that, that he had planned at all for the day. And again, it goes against everything that he knew to be true from his experience. But yet he trusts the Lord to his credit and he obeys. Now I have to admit, unfortunately, that I associate a little with how Peter obeyed. Because he didn't just say, okay, and go. What did he do first? Look at verse four. Excuse me, look at verse five. Peter just wants to remind the Lord, in case he doesn't know, uh, Lord, you know, we, we've worked all night and we've caught nothing. And, and I can almost see Peter sort of hesitating for just a minute, like, are you sure before I put the nets out that you're, you, this is a good plan? But again, to his credit, he did obey. He did do what the Lord asked him to do. You know, one of the reasons that I, I wanted to look at Peter when I look at trusting and obeying is that Throughout Scripture, there are many examples of Peter obeying. In this case, he obeys, and he, he receives really an instantaneous, tangible blessing. Many fish he catches. You know, there are other times in Scripture that Peter disobeys. He knows what to do. It's clear, but he does the, the other thing. He disobeys. Perhaps the most well-known is when he denies Christ three times. And then there are other times in Peter's life where he obeys, but it doesn't lead to tangible blessing. It leads to hardship. It leads to difficulty. Perhaps the thing that encourages me most about Peter and, and his examples in Scripture is that as he progresses in life, he more and more chooses to trust and obey the Lord. He's not always the first one to get it. He needs to be prodded sometimes by other disciples in some cases. But as his life goes on, he more and more trusts and obeys. That pattern develops in his life. As we get back to our story, I mentioned this earlier, I think that when we're confronted with the ability to obey or disobey, often it happens in these, time, these times in our lives. It's, an every, it's, it's just a normal day for Peter. Everyday event. As he goes through the process of his day, he has an opportunity to obey or disobey. And I think that's the way it is for us much of the time. It's not extreme, out of the ordinary, although that does happen in our lives at times. God may call us to make a, a tremendous stand or a tremendous sacrifice in order to obey him. But in most cases, it's choices like these. We can choose to obey. We can choose not to obey. We can choose to trust him 
but we can choose to trust maybe ourselves or, or someone else or the culture for the answer. Again, in this case, Peter could have trusted his experience and said, you know, just so you know, now's not the right time to fish. I'm going in. But he trusted the Lord instead. I think one of the things that makes it easy for me to, to sort of dismiss this story is, you know, we can say, well, Jesus was right there with Peter. I mean, how hard is that? Jesus tells him to do something. Peter goes and does it. Well, if Jesus was right here and he told me what to do, surely I'd just do it. Really? Because what I do know is in Scripture, there's lots of examples of Jesus being there, telling people what to do, and they don't do it. They disobey. I think often the problem is not, not knowing what to do. It's doing what we know we should And, you know, Scripture gives us lots of insight, lots of information about how to obey, about what God expects from us. Let me give you an example. Let's just say you live beside someone who's, you know, not really that easy to live beside. The early service, I said, not easy to live with. That was a whole different topic. Not easy to live beside. They're just, they're, 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 they're hard to be with. They're, 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 they're always kind of grouchy. Anytime you cut the grass a little bit wrong, close to them, they get upset. They, they don't want to speak to you. They're just, they're nasty neighbors. And, and you say, you know, if, I, if, God, if Jesus just told me what to do, then I'd do it. Well, you know what? Scripture doesn't tell us exactly what to do. But Scripture does tell us several things that, that might be helpful in how we can act in an obedient way towards that particular neighbor. Scripture says, as an example, love your neighbor. Scripture says, don't gossip about that person. Scripture says, don't lie to that person or about that person. Scripture says to live in peace with them as much as it's possible. Scripture says how, tells us how to approach them humbly. Scripture tells us what Jesus thinks of them. He loved them enough to die for them. And actually, one verse says that we are to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Would that help us, that knowledge? Would that help us as we try to decide how to approach that person? We want to do it in a way that's obedient. And those things are things I just, you know, as I was writing this thought off the top of my head, there are people in this room that could give you dozens and dozens and dozens of more insights from Scripture as to how to handle, how to relate to that person, how to respond to that person. So I think in many cases, Scripture does tell us what we need to know in order for us to obey. So I think many times, it's not that we don't know. It's just that we don't want to obey what we do know. The relationship that we have with Christ is referred to in Scripture as, as in many ways, as a walk. It's a path, path of righteousness. It's a, it's a way of life. It's, it uses the words that we are abiding with him and, and he abides with us. And, and the Bible is our main source of knowing what God desires us to do and who he desires us to be. What's interesting is when we talk about obey and obeying commands, you know, we just, we sort of bristle sometimes against that word, don't we? I mean, our culture does. I mean, obey, you want me to obey? I mean, I won't ask for a show of hands, but have any of you chosen not to obey a traffic law or other laws or your parents? I mean, have you chosen not to? 
you know, obedience is not something that we like in any area of our lives. So, so when it comes to the scripture, and, and you talk to people about obeying God's commands, because Jesus says in John 14, 15, he says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. I think we can start to think, well, man, you know, this is so, you're going to try to put me in a box, trying to restrict me. I think it's really important for us to understand that that's not at all what God wants. He doesn't give us commands. He doesn't give us scripture to limit us, limit our freedom or restrict us. He gives us scripture and, and, and the commands that are in it because he loves us and he wants what's best for us. Think of, those of you that are parents, think of the, the rules that you put down for your children. Do you put them there to frustrate them? You put them there because you love them and you want what's best for them. A great illustration of that is uh, I, I found uh, in the, the Experiencing God book. It's a book that was popular several years ago. Many of you, I'm sure, went through it. It says this. Suppose you had to cross a field that was full of landmines. A person who knew exactly where every one of them was buried offered to take you through it. Would you say to him, I don't want you to tell me what to do. I mean, would you say to him, I don't want you to impose your will on me. I mean, the author says, I don't know about you, but I would stay as close to that person as I could. I, I certainly would not go wandering off. His directions to me would preserve my life. He would say, don't go that way because that will kill you. Go this way and you will live. And that's really the picture of the commands of Scripture and how they relate to us. The more we realize that God always seeks our good, the more we'll be willing to trust and obey him and, and what he asks us to do, who he asks us to be. Trust and obedience, again, are intricately bound, just like steel and concrete are bound together to make a strong foundation. Trusting and obeying are a necessary part of the foundation of our lives. So how does this work out, practically speaking? We accept Christ, our journey begins, we're new believers, and, and don't know much. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a new believer, I'm just walking, trying to trust and obey what I know, I learned some new things, trust. And, and, and you know, I'm, let's just say I'm, I'm, a bit of a, I'm a bit of a gossip. You know, I like to be in the know. I like to let people know what I know, and I like to know what they know. That's just something I enjoy. And I'm walking with the Lord, but that's what I do. And then I come to this verse in Proverbs 11, and it says this, a man who lacks judgment derides his neighbor, but a man of understanding holds his tongue. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy man keeps a secret. So now what do I do? Now I know that God doesn't want me to gossip. So I have a choice to make. Now there's a group of people, they're there, they're talking about someone that I don't particularly care for. Am I going to join in or am I going to obey? what God's word says. Or let's just say, again, I'm a new believer, I'm, I'm, I'm walking and I'm, you know, doing this church thing and I'm learning a few things. But, you know, I, I kind of, my opinion is just, I think, you know, the government gets too much taxes, really. I mean, they, they, you know, they get more than their fair share. By the way, if this is on tape, this is Denny Kreisick speaking. Um, you can look up his address later. You know, I think, so, so I fudge a little. I mean, I take some personal expense. I kind of count it as business expense. I mean, you know, everybody does it. It's not that big of a deal. And then I come across this passage in Matthew, and these guys are talking to Jesus, and, and he says, show me the coin used for paying the tax, because they want to know, should we pay tax or not? 
So they brought him this coin and he said, whose portrait is this? And whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, give to Caesar what is Caesar and to God what is God's. Well, now I have a decision to make. Do I continue to fudge on my taxes, which is really lying, which is another command in scripture not to do that. So do I continue or not? And, and maybe I start to think, I, I, you know, I'm talking with my wife about it, and I say, you know, if we start really doing, paying all the taxes we're supposed to, I don't even know if we're going to have enough money to, to, to live on. And then I come across Philippians 4.19, and it says, and may my God and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Well, now I think, okay, so now what do I do? Do I trust him really to meet my needs? If I obey, can I trust him? And that's sort of the the process of life as we walk more, as we learn more, as we find out who God is and what he desires for us and who he desires us to be. We need to grow more and more like him and choose to obey and trust each step of the way. And and I need to really point out, because those are are easy examples to give. I hope Denny doesn't get in trouble for the second one. Um, Those are easy examples to give, but it's not just about behavior. Okay, we're not just talking about a list of do's and don'ts. God wants us to be transformed by his spirit to be more and more like him. He wants us to be concerned with the things that he is concerned with. This isn't just a a list of do's and don'ts. This is an inward change. He wants us to be obedient, not just in the things we do, but in who we are. The idea here is that the more we know God, the more we can trust him. The more we trust him, the more we love him. The more we love him, the more we obey him. And as we obey him, we find that he's trustworthy. So a cycle happens in our lives, an upward spiral, if you will. This is really what happened to Peter. When he obeyed and he saw what happened, he didn't yet know that Jesus was the son of God. He didn't have that figured out yet. But he's thinking, who is this person that even the fish obey his command? You know, I can put my trust in him. And he just realized he was so different than Jesus. That's why he falls to his knees and he says, "Just, just get away from me. Depart from me. I'm unclean. But do you think that built Peter's trust in Jesus? That event, that obedience? Absolutely, it did. And that's the spiral that we want to be on. We're either on an upward spiral of obedience and trust or or a downward spiral away from God full of disobedience and compromise. You see, that's why it's so important to spend time in God's word because that's how we know what God wants us to do and who he wants us to be, but it's how we know God. It's how we get to know who he is. It's in his word. His word is alive. It's living. The Holy Spirit in us teaches us and and, and shows us what it is we need to know on a personal level in order to live that life that's pleasing to the Lord. That's why spending time in the word is so important. And, And so that's why it's good that you're here This Sunday morning, we're spending time in God's word. It's why it's important to be in Sunday school. You know, there's obviously children's Sunday school, youth Sunday school, adult Sunday school, both hours. Find a place, a class, and fit in. Why we encourage you to be in a small group. 
It's a place to learn, study God's word, learn who God is and what he desires for you. It may be that that's why, if you're not in a small group, it may be because we don't have a leader. And it may be that some of you need to be leaders. That may be the step of obedience that God's calling you to. Or it may just be to be in one of those groups or to, or to start to attend Sunday school. Every person's path of obedience is different. But much of what we need to know about it is already contained in Scripture. It's important to realize that the, the process of trusting and obeying is always, it's always ongoing and it's always imperfect. You know, the idea is that here's the Lord and he's walking with me and, and I'm trusting and I'm obeying. I'm growing, I'm maturing and I'm trusting and I'm obeying and I'm trusting and then I disobey. I don't know what I do. I lie on my taxes. We already threw that one out there. I gossip. Maybe I blow it with my family or my spouse. You know, maybe I, I start to compare myself with other people and, and don't like what I see. Maybe I start to, because of that, I buy things I, sh- I can't really afford. I, I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't know. Somehow I disobey God's plan for me. So what happens? I mean, does God take me, you know, comes and grabs me and puts me in the disobey bin and I'm done? And he goes and finds someone else to obey? No. Because if that was the case, I wouldn't be here. I'd be in the disobey. I've been in the disobey bin somewhere. Okay? But what, we're, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to turn from that sin. We're simply supposed to ask God for forgiveness. Lord, I'm sorry. I, I disobeyed you in this area. I see that now. Help me. Cleanse me. Forgive me. And let me begin to walk again with you. It's... it's, it's It's not going to be perfect, but it needs to be ongoing, and the spiral needs to be forward, upward. So let's just say that you're you're a person, you say, you know what, that's great, fantastic, good for you. But but this is kind of my story. I'm here, and here's God, and like I'm I'm disobeying, disobeying, disobeying. I'm way over here. I'm not even close to where I should be. Here's what I want you to know, if that's your situation. The remedy is still the same. In fact, the remedy has already been taken care of. The remedy is to turn. Scripture says to repent. That's a, a great word that means to turn away from. Turn, a, turn around, do 180. Stop disobeying. Stop sinning. And start walking in obedience. And the cool thing is this, that when we're here and we say that, Lord, in my heart, I, I just I want to say I'm sorry, Lord. I want to stop sinning. Father, I wanna, I'm going to repent from this. I, I just want to obey you. You know, what we find is God isn't way over there. God's right here. He doesn't ask us to work our way back to him. He meets us where we are so that we can right here, where we are, start to trust and start to obey and walk the walk that he desires us to walk. And he'll be with us through that process. Being on that upward spiral, not the downward spiral. Trusting and obeying. It's easy to talk about. It's easy to sing about. It's hard to live. But that's what God calls us to do, and he doesn't leave us alone to do it. He gives us his Holy Spirit to empower us to trust him and obey him. You know, we did sing about that earlier, trusting and obeying, and we sung, as, as Brad mentioned, sort of a new version of an old song. And I want you to know that we're going to sing the old version of that song before we leave today. And the reason is because I want you leaving this place 
with this in your head, trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And you know, that word happy isn't sort of giddy, you know, like, hey, the Steelers just scored a touchdown. Happy. It's joyful. It's contented. That's the happiness. And it's only as we trust, only as we obey, that we can ever have that happiness. If you know right now there's disobedience in your life and you need to turn from that and ask for forgiveness, I just encourage you while we're singing to do that right where we are. So I really want to encourage you to sing out, sing strong, but as you do that, I want you to be asking the Lord, am I walking in obedience? Am I trusting you and obeying you? If not, Lord, show me where. All right? I'm going to ask you to sing. Justin's going to stay. I'm going to ask you to stand so you can sing. Justin's going to lead us in trust and obey.